welcome to another episode of This Writing Life. Um, I'm sitting in an incredibly white, clean-cut room in Faber and Faber in the centre of London. I'm, I'm with one of Faber's new um, and very hotly tipped uh, debut novelists, uh, Kate Hamer, who has written a novel called The Girl in the Red Coat, uh, which is... Well, I'm, I'm not even going to try and describe it. I'm going to force Kate to do it. Um, it's very nice not to have to say very much more, except just to say... Hi, Kate. And how Hello. are you today? You've, you've been doing a sort of publicity round. Um. Yes, yes, a little bit. I, I'm based in Wales, um, so I've come up to London for a few days. What, are they, what are they forcing you to do? Um, well, uh, the other night we were at a beautiful library in Manningtree, um, which was very good. And then last night in an indie bookshop mm. uh, with... Paula Hawkins, so we were oh, doing yeah. a joint joint event there, and tonight I'm in Winchester, but um, it's it's really good actually. It's just really nice meeting people that just love reading, and you know, how as you, I do. How do you find talking about the book? I know you did, I think, the Curtis Brown writing course. You've done, a, I think, a writing course, a creative writing course. It's Aberystwyth. Yes, that's right, an MA. Yes. And you obviously have to discuss maybe work in progress, and I, I know from a couple of people I know who've done them, it can be quite. Quite a tough, rather brutal experience sometimes. Um, how do you feel now that you've got a finished book and people yeah. are inquiring and asking you? I, I, think, I think it was quite good for me actually. I think it's quite a big step when you first start reading your work out out loud, and um, that's one of the big things that um, doing a course did for me. That that you know I could actually start. That you, you take your work to other people, which of course you've all you've got to do eventually anyway as a as a writer unless you're unless you're um emily dickinson or 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 something like that but um no it's it's uh i've got your question now i knew that would happen (laughs) what was it it like to um yeah what's what's it been like to have complete strangers not people you perhaps you've got to know in in the course of the 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 writing group asking you all sorts of questions maybe asking more personal questions yeah it's been it's been odd at first but really interesting actually because you sometimes um people really throw you a blinder and and you just think god that's interesting i'd never i'd never really thought of that so um so i can get someone else to do my job for me is there, is there an example of someone who's i was you? just i knew you'd ask that i'll come i'll come back at <laughs> okay. the end i'll think of one before the end yeah <laughs> but when you were were doing the, the writing groups was it the girl in the red coat that you were writing and discussing so were segments of early drafts of this being discussed in those those sort of workshops when i started the curtis brown course i was pretty much two-thirds into the first draft and i i kind of knew the the whole outline of it so um it was it was um it was useful to, to to talk about it in groups. Yes, it was. Mm. It was, and you know, like I said, actually reading your own work out like that for the, for for the first time can be very nerve wracking when um, you've mainly sort of written for yourself before before that. Um, but it's I think it's it's an important step as well. What do you learn when you hear yourself reading the words when you hear yourself, re- particularly in this novel, which is told 
through two very specific voices. Is yeah. That partly... When when I was writing it, I actually used to read great ch- chunks out loud on my own, <laughs> sitting on my own in my room. Um, but uh, and I think it just gives you a different perspective, actually, when you read things out loud, because um, you notice things that you, you don't notice. Um, and particularly, it was quite interesting, actually, you notice repetitions of words more than you no- notice when you're actually reading something. Mm. Um, I don't know why that should be, but it just seems to highlight things like that. And, Is that um, in a good way or a bad way? I mean, do sometimes it, it, it's almost you're realising slightly unconscious things that you're that Yeah, you're about yes, that that's right, yeah. And um, I think it, it gives you the ability to sort of be able to mimic the voices a little bit uh, more um, tangibly as well, if that makes sense. Mm. One of the things I, I tend to do on the po- podcast is, because I'm you know, naturally quite idle... Is I force the 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 writer um, to describe if you were to describe the book, and I sort of leave it to, to, up to you how, how you want to do that, whether it's to be literal or what, or what the book mm. means to you now. But, mm. but if I was forcing you to 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 say what the book's what, what does it mean to you today? Um. <laughs> um, it's I would say it's a book more than anything about um, love. And I know it's been talked about. It's, it's, it's. I mean, obviously there is a loss in there and a devastating loss. Um, but to me, it's about the relationship between mothers and daughters, mm. and um, the kind of um, journey they go on when, when that that bond is is sort of broken in in a very cruel way. Um, and somebody described it for me as uh, a 21st century fairy tale. Mm. And I really liked that, actually, because it kind of caught at what I was trying to do, I think. Sort mm. of 21st century crime fairy tale. <laughs> there are fairy tales um, mentioned at various, various yeah, points yeah. through it. Um, both people who don't like fairy tales and obviously the young girl mm. Carmel who, mm. who who loves them um one of the things I'm this is my crude question um there is a moment of that storytelling that sort of fateful day at the storytelling um sort of fair where there are lots of uh readers appearing there's kind of a dead ringer I thought for Jacqueline Wilson maybe with mm. sort of short spiky oh right yeah I, yeah, I hadn't thought of that yeah um and someone calls out, you know, where do you get your ideas from? And yeah. it felt it made me feel I could ask you, uh, yeah. not where you get your ideas from, but where did you get this particular idea from? Mm. So you, you just framed it as being about a relationship between mothers and daughters. Is it, yeah. is it that personal to you, or did it come from somewhere? Yeah, I mean, it is a personal story to me. Um, and I, I actually think, I know it's supposed to be the question that writers dread about where you get your ideas from. But I actually think it's quite an interesting yeah. question as well. Um, <laughs> I'm punching the air. But, um, you know, because where, where where does it all come from? That's It's, uh, you know, it, it's quite a hard one to answer. I mm. suppose that's why it's difficult. Um, I mean, first of all, Carmel came to me as as an image, really. And that's what, what booted the whole, the whole story off. And um, the image was a little girl in a red coat standing in a forest and um, <coughs> wearing a red coat. And I kind of knew she was lost in the image and I wasn't sure why. Mm. And um, I suppose the book was, was, was 
explaining why and how she'd become to be lost, you know. Do you remember the moment that you had that, where she came to you as that that image? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, I, I do, I do. And I rem- it was a couple of weeks later, because I was sort of puzzling about this image and thinking what it was about, wondering what it was about. And then a couple of weeks later, I kind of um, sat up in bed and um, wrote the first chapter, first off. And it kind of surprised me, because it came from her mum rather than her. And that's where the kind of dual narrative just came about quite naturally mm. um, because of that but I, I mentioned the storytelling festival as well and um, I, that was kind of in, I, I don't know I don't know, I'm sort of very interested in the sort of power of stories and, mm. and what what place they have in their lives and, and I wondered you know, it's just an interesting thing there, you know, because obviously they don't help Carmel on 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 that day, you know, how much they actually help us or... Mm. Is this, I mean, yeah, it's the slight sense that maybe as kids we read stories and you get lost and it's a way perhaps for children to slightly escape their parents, to disappear mm. off into into a sort of odd Other fantasy worlds, land. Yeah. And, yeah. and stories can be dangerous in that way, but yeah. you're at least, perhaps is it a sign of not quite being in control of mm. the child in your house? Yeah, yeah, interesting, yeah. But I, I think we seem to need them. We seem to need them on some really basic level. Mm. So the, the storytelling festival, that just to, to nail down the plot for people who, who are still to read it, it, this is about a young girl that go, who's Carmel, who's eight years old when she mm. goes missing. Mm. Um, now, she has a habit of going missing. That's, mm. There's a sort of almost a, a little blind... Yeah, that sort of fainted introduction where, yeah. where she disappears. As a maze, you said there was this image of her being lost. What, did, what was it that subsequently fascinated you about this idea of the the, the lost, the, the missing child? I, I think it's just such a universal fear as, as as a parent, and and quite often I think in writing you're probably working through these these mm-hmm. universal fears. Um, it's it's just a very a very potent thing in in stories you know she's she's sort of strayed from the path like like little red riding hood i suppose yes because there there's, there's i was thinking there's a tradition of small girls with yeah. i mean you know in just thinking films there's the moment in schindler's list where you see Absolutely. Or, yeah uh, yeah and i think in don't, don't look, look now, now yeah yeah and but i, I hadn't thought of red, little red riding hood <laughs> just see you said fairy tales yeah. that little red riding hood so were those kind of also it, Things that you you, yeah. you were tapping into, yeah, de- de- definitely, definitely. I mean, both those films, and I, I, re- I love film, and I, I, I watch a lot of films, and um, I think both of those those images. Um, I mean, the Schindler's List one is amazing because obviously everything else is black and white around mm. it, and then the d- don't look now. This little figure in scurrying down the cor- corridors of of um, Venice just really stayed with me and I think in the title I really consciously in the title used that image knowing that um, people would be sort of referencing those things in their heads because I think it was kind of a way of making the novel bigger than itself mm. so there's there's this memory bank of, of images that, that people have about a uh, a little girl in a mm. red coat that's already that already pre-exists, I suppose. But there, there are a lot of books around at the moment with the word "girl" in yeah. the title. Yeah. Um, and I think just Paul Hawkins' book was mm. Stig Larsson um, and the inescapable Gillian Flynn. Um, it does place it as a sort of 
I'm not sure the book quite follows it, but it does place it as a mm. sort of psychological mm. thriller. Was that? Did you immediately have that sense of this is a, of that kind of slightly supernatural, slightly unsettling? Um, yeah, story? I, I did, I did, but I, did, I, I really wasn't trying to sort of place it in mm. any. Um, in any sort of uh, setting, I think, of, of other titles, because um, there was a lot of discussions about the title as well. And I think, really, people's instincts were more um, to not have Girl in the title mm. because of all, all that and, and the worry about it. But um, in, a, in a way, it was it's not really the girl that's important to me in the title. It's the red coat. Mm. And the girl's the sort of... Um, the sort of... Uh, hook or crawl, you know, mm. that you put the put that the red coat is hanging on. So, <laughs> well, the interesting thing about this girl, this book with the girl in the title is it's the only one, certainly the recent ones, that the girl is actually a girl, a young girl, rather than a slightly sort yeah. of. Yeah, I, I, I always find it slightly patronising. <laughs> sort of. Let's restart with with Carmel. Um, firstly, did you? I mean, you said we were talking about the origins. Do you have to go and do some research, both perhaps into your own role as a, as a mother, don't you, if you have a daughter, mm, um, mm. and also just generally into this this theme of child abduction and, and how it plays out and what yeah, happens? Yeah, sure, sure. I I wrote very much for, from uh, uh, an emotional point of view rather mm. than a research point of view, and I actually made the decision um, right at the beginning not to do any research into other cases mm. and the news and all that sort of thing for, for various reasons um, <clears throat> I didn't read other novels either, I'm just reading the Ian McEwan book now actually A Child, um, in, Child time. in Time yeah. um, uh, but I, I made that real conscious decision because various reasons I wanted it to be their story very much and not, it's not procedural at all either <laughs> you know uh, it's not just not that sort of book, mm. and I think in a way it, it was a slight sort of um, thing about respect, about not not appropriating other people's um, stories. I think um, was that a worry? I, I remember many years ago watching a, a documentary uh, about the filmmaker Bruce Robinson, mm. and I think he made a movie which I think Neil Jordan eventually directed, and it was about a child. Murder, and he said, he said in the in the screenplay, and he's got daughters. So I just didn't want to show a child in mm. peril in any mm. way. And then mm. he said, apparently, it took Neil Jordan eight seconds to, yeah. to show a child in peril and yeah. completely screwed up. But was that? Did you did did that image, which is obviously a scary image for, mm. for a mother and for mm. for anyone, um, did it give you pause to to want to go on and approach the kind of material you were going to? Yes, it did. I, I would I would be say that's pretty um, fair to say. Um, I suppose you have to remind yourself that you're writing a story, mm. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, because, I mean, I guess with any, any novel or any story, you could find something that, would, that could potentially worry you like that, you know. Did it, the other way around, did it feed off worries that you clearly... Oh, yeah, de- definitely. And I'm, I'm, I think all parents do. I think that's so... So universal, you know, and I think that's what you do in writing as well, to a certain extent. You work through your own fears, you know. Have you ever had that that experience of being at the the fair, the um, the sort of event, and suddenly look down to, to see 
a child, one of your children is. I think I probably oh. expected to. <laughs> that people have talked about a book like Gone Girl is to say well it's this wonderful thriller and isn't it artfully done and what's the mystery and then beneath that it's a very interesting portrait of a, of a, of a marriage one of the ways I was constantly thinking about this novel is this is an interesting representation of what being a parent is that, mm. is that the sort of thing that, that it's interesting the, the slight unknowableness yeah. of what's going on with that's really interesting actually yes that, I mean I haven't really talked about that before but that is, is most definitely and I think you, there is this point I think there's there's a point with um, as a parent where you there is this unknowableness about your child and it's mm. a slightly shocking thing to happen and I think something similar happens with your parents actually at a certain point when you're older maybe mm-hmm. and then suddenly at some point you you see your mother or or your parents and just suddenly. You're seeing them as quite a separate person and thinking, mm. well, they had this life, and you know, they're. Th- and so it happens both ways, and I think that is very much there in, in the book. It, it's. They're so close, but mm. there is this who, who are you mm. as well. Carmel's fascination by animal uh, following the abduction mm. Um, mm. by this rather sort of strange gothic collection of initially a couple and then a small mm. family. Um, uh, the number of times where, where Carmel thinks of them in terms of being odd grasshoppers, I think. And, yeah. And <laughs> reference to pigskin, which I'm still sort of... <laughs> I was wondering, animals and Car- Carmel seem to be very important. Yeah, I think I think she's... she's. I don't know if I would say about a lot of children, but certainly a lot of children growing up in the countryside. Mm. I mean, I had a sort of um, very much countryside upbringing... And um, I think that's something that, that it does give you. You know, she's very tuned into mm. into nature, and um, it's it's her natural reference point. I think, in a way, of, of trying to make sense of of the world, I suppose. And in that, the other thing that, that I suppose she's got to make sense of it, uh, the fact that her parents have split up, mm. and her father Paul is with with someone new. Mm. Um, it's a it's a book about a young. What about a mother and a daughter coming to terms with emotional trauma? Was mm. that, is that, what was the importance of the, the divorce? For? I think I didn't want um, it to open on a scene of domestic chocolate blo- box bliss. <laughs> I mean, that the serpent enters and destroys. You know, already there are... Um, it opens on difficulties and... Mm. and I think I also wanted to sort of reflect sort of real life, really, as as well. I mean, I know I've, I've sort of made the parallel with the fairy tale, but I, I wanted it to be contemporary and I mm. wanted it to reflect reflect modern life. What are the strains? I mean, you said it was a book about love, so in, inevitably there's the opposite, which is what happens when love. Yeah, goes very much away. so. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 when ego takes over, I think. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> That's interesting. What, what do you mean by when ego takes? It's <laughs> um, really hard to talk about without spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. It's true. We could do spoilers, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, so no, I don't really with, want to. With, yeah. with the man that's that's taken taken her, mm. I, I I feel it's a complex thing, really, because. Um, oh no! Sorry, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give it all away. <laughs> 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 
in terms of, of the way that Car- Carmel looks at her parents, is part of perhaps that's, that sense you were saying of her character being self-created, self-defined, and this becomes more important as the novel goes on, this mm. idea of her saying who she is. Um, mm. But is that part of it? Is, is she res- responding to a kind of sense of... I think so, yes, I, 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 I think so. Because um, <clears throat> she she isn't sort of part of that hustle and bustle of, of normal family life as mm. much as she would be, I suppose, if she was in a home with two siblings and two parents and, and all, all that's just because of the busyness of it, really. Um, she has more time to reflect, but I'm not making any judgments about it either because I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either. Mm. I mean, I think time, time for children to, to think is really good and... Maybe they, you know, maybe they don't get enough of it now. I, I don't know. And is there more of a pressure, perhaps, too, that we want our children to be a, a certain way? We, you know, and it's certainly conversations I'm having a lot, which is 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 allowing her to be herself, even yeah. if that means it's perhaps not things that I could easily relate to. But that that pressure to to want your child to fit yeah. a nice yeah nice box mm. exactly uh, exactly and to 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 yes i think that is running through it actually and um you know if they say something odd or, or kind of a bit kind of unusual you're thinking what yes sorry again i've uh, strayed off the point and i've uh, i've forgotten the question